Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katow, played by Quinn, and William, played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They will be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nosferatu, played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nosferatu, played by Andrew. The quarter will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you would like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fifth prelude for Twin Cities by Night, uh, Dread, where we will be joined by Andrew, who's here with me now. We'll be going over uh, his character, uh, Lenny and Nosferatu, and kind of do what we did in the previous one with Alex and Adam, where we kind of go over the back history of the character, and then when they were embraced, and kind of break it down into three segments, and then at the end, he will cover his character sheet and go over the dots and where it's all allocated and, and such. So hello, Andrew. All right. So let's just jump into it. Right. So tell me about your character, Lenny and about his childhood and, and let's start talking about his mortal life here. All right. So Leonard Mays was like a typical, like jock growing up, you know, he played a lot of sports, um, uh, football, hockey, um, sometimes he was in soccer leagues, all kinds of stuff. You know, in high school, he bagged like groceries at like a save a lot and played varsity hockey. And um, he had like this banged up like pickup truck that he bought really cheap, fixed up, you know. Um, and this was one of those things that made him kind of like hot shit among our high school kids. You know, he's got a job, he's got money, he's got a car, you know, even if it's a cheap messed up car, he, he's the guy that like can get you around and everything. And he was, and he was in sports. So he, he was like physically strong and, you know, girls liked him, that kind of thing. Yeah. Big fish, yeah, little so pond kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. he kind of grew up in the, uh, twin cities area. He, he, he kind of grew up in the area. Um, and his, and his, his life was pretty normal up until like high school. Right. And his hockey coach, uh, Henry Olson was like this mentally abusive and sexually abusive person who, uh, Leonard really resented, but like this man would like groom these boys so that he could abuse them. Right. Yeah. And he was one of his like victims. What age was he around when he started? You said high school. Yeah, like from fr- uh, freshman in high school. Like as soon as he got into high school and he started playing uh, hockey, he got put in the varsity team, like the the junior varsity, you know. And then, yeah. um, uh, right right off the bat, you know, this coach like took a liking to him, and he's like, "Oh, you have talent," and you know, he re- he really did help him to become better at uh, athleticism. But at the same time, you know, he was doing it for his own twisted ends, 
you know? Yeah, I can almost picture, like, I think we talked about this on the side, too, when you were first coming up with the concept of Lenny, where I uh, I think, like, also right when you started coming up with the concept, I just happened to watch Basketball Diaries on television. They had it on TV. For those of you who don't know, it's a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio uh, based off a true story about a kid who played basketball, like, in the 50s and 60s in New York. And he had a coat. There was a scene where you could tell the coach was kind of like trying to do the same thing, like groom these basketball players in this Catholic school to to be um to 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 sexually abuse them. Actually, and one of the main character's friends admitted that happened. Now in the movie, uh, the the it was very subtle how the coach tried. You know what I mean? It was more like, hey, you want to go to college? Do you need help getting prepared for your SATs? Do you want to like come over to my house? And it wasn't like that. With how he did it, or was he more aggressive? It was, no, it was definitely that. It was definitely that. It was more like he's he's forming like a bond using his position of power to to as an authority figure to have this position of power over them, and and uh, and Lenny just didn't see that coming until you know it happened, and then he's kind of like like he had trouble dealing with it, but instead of like talking about it with anyone or anything like that he just kind of repressed it and just moved on to uh you know college so he made grades that were just good enough for him to stay in like the hockey team for the minnesota state university and uh just kind of like went out partying and and things like that and just barely passing by because of all this abuse was like weighing down on him and he just couldn't focus on school or anything like that and he just didn't really know what he was doing with his life other than like oh you know first he just i want to be you know i want to play sports and i want to be in hockey and 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 then after he just kind of like after a couple of years of this abuse mind you he just he didn't know what to do and he's at this uh like local dive bar and him and his friends like they get drunk like you know typical college dudes and he's like flirting with some girls and their boyfriends show up um i think maybe some have him like rival someone he clashed with before maybe somebody that uh they could be from a different school same school something like that those types of details doesn't really matter but the point is is that they have some heated words and they get into a fight and Leonard gets shot. Yeah, which you know, in the in the Minnesota area, and and for those of you, who, for those of you who don't know, um, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But like, I have family that's up in that area. That's one of the things that kind of inspired me to run uh, the game in that area because of the the setting. I, I just felt the atmosphere during the wintertime fit really what I was trying to want to tell the story of Twin Cities by Night. And but my point being, in in that environment, in that area, especially with a lot of these small town. Uh, you know, Twin Cities is obviously a bigger town, but especially with a lot of these small town people going to the bigger city for college and everything like that. These kids and, you know, not, nothing against, but these kids grow up around firearms. You know what I mean? A lot of them have firearms in their truck and it's just something that it's just the, just how it is. And um, you mix those two and alcohol together and usually bad things and emotions and something like a woman, you know what I mean? And and, and violence and usually uh, I don't want to say accidental, but um crimes of passion like that can occur you know and you hear stories about in the news all the time especially even in these smaller towns uh that are in the northern united states like that um before we we continue on with after you got shot i just want to ask a uh clarification was he almost like an alcoholic at this point like of his life was he like or was it just uh, you know you said he partied a lot and he drank 
was it just it was more about like surrounding himself with other people who just like are just coasting through life and not giving a shit about things like less so about the alcohol itself so much as alcohol was a means to just socialize and just surround himself with people even though he felt alone like all the time here he is you know surrounded by people he's just like something to try and fill that void you know yeah that makes perfect sense absolutely so yeah so this is where we get into well let, let me ask a couple more questions about him too just expand on a couple things you you mentioned his childhood was his childhood pretty normal and everything to that extent yeah, like up up, up until, until then it was yeah. it was pretty average you know uh just growing up in the suburbs that kind of thing just nothing nothing crazy you know just pretty typical kid he wasn't exceptional at all you know he just was pretty decent at sports did he um did his family notice a change in him after the abuse started maybe like like with him trying to you know find a way to channel that frustration and anger of all that D did they ever you know were the teenage years pretty ha a hard relationship wise with the parents he probably would have um channeled everything into playing so they would have seen it as like an increase in passion and maybe, maybe they would have mistaken it. And so this whole thing of them not noticing would have fed into his like depression at the time and his anger management issues were channeled into sports. And so he would maybe be called out on, uh, you know, getting fouls and stuff more often, that kind of thing, because, you know, in the hockey game, he's like picking the fights. Enforcer. Yeah. And, you know, his guy. dad would have been like, yeah, good job. You know, he would have been all into it, not realizing what was causing him to do this. And so yeah, that, exactly. would have, that would have fed into it, it, it is that like his parents never knew, you know, and I can almost like imagine that the that the coach never even had any kind of accusations brought forward to him because in these small towns, these sports coaches oftentimes are, are held up to a pedestal, especially if they're if their teams are um are successful not you know to say i'm not even saying like all sports coaches obviously are like that but like it can even go up to a high level like penn state you know what i mean where there's an assistant coach who kind of turns out more and more it looks like this coach knew the main coach knew that his assistant coach had these horrible you know what i mean things that he did towards children so it's almost like this weird yeah this weird conundrum you're you're out there dealing with the abuse that your coach has brought upon you and he's getting rewards from it by you out there playing harder you know what i mean and and it's just weird like um it's just this weird cycle that that seems to go on there it's really fucked up so when he goes to college uh you said his grades start drip dropping right and he's just all about sports is that what it did yeah yeah so like did, they would they, he'd have people occasionally like some of the uh some of the professors and stuff helping him out you know like like they, they shouldn't be giving him a pass on certain things and they may, oh, okay, well maybe we'll get you some extra credit. That's actually really easy to help you stay passing just so you can stay on the team, that kind of preferential treatment, but not to the point where he didn't actually have to try. He did, he did try some, you know, he wasn't uh, ignorant, but he did, uh, he did suffer. But one thing I didn't ask, what did he look like as a mortal around this time when he got shot? Like, like what was his build? What was his features look like? Stuff like that. To be honest with you, I hadn't really focused too much on his appearance uh, pre-embrace because I know that post-embrace, it changes pretty dramatically. <laughs> so I was less concerned with it and it was more – it's – I don't know. Yeah, no worries. We'll average. figure it out. I mean – 
just average and yeah, average Nordic Northern United States. You know what I mean? Probably yeah, probably yeah. athletic built because of his. Yeah, he uh, was definitely he, athletic build, but he may not have been like the most attractive person. But he was still, uh, he he was he was athletic. So okay, now that when he was at the when he's at that bar and that situation happened, and and I could almost see it being like scorned lover kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like your guy probably finds escape in a way with, like you said, with being around people with party and probably with relationships with women, such so, so on and so forth. Did you, was your character's mindset at that point? And I know this is kind of a hard question to ask because obviously the act, what happened to him, him getting shot was totally, you know what I mean? Out of his control, but was he suicidal in a way or was he like, you know, kind of welcoming? No, okay. no, no, just more like he felt like he had that uh, attitude of the young 20 something of being, you know, I'm immortal. Like, ah. you know, I can do whatever. It's not going to matter. Like the consequences aren't that big a deal. You know, that's gotcha. kind of how he felt. And so, like, he – and because he had been through all this, like, garbage, he felt that, like, nothing worse could happen. So it doesn't yeah. – like, actions have no consequences. Yeah, like he's a product of his environment. The unfortunate pain and, and harsh things that happened to him in his life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can totally see that mentality happening. So it wasn't quite suicidal. It was just more he thought he was untouchable. And unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of people in life that survive a lot of hardships – you know what I mean? And then they come out the other end of the tunnel, you know, with that kind of mindset, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and he was yeah. one of those. He was one of those, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So this scene where, where you get shot, you know, I could almost like imagine it being like at this, you know, at this bar, you know, probably like a sports bar or something to that extent. You know what I mean? And it happened. If he wasn't playing sports, he wasn't there. He okay. Yeah. Have a TV playing something like, even if it was like baseball or whatever yeah yeah exactly i can imagine this happening in the parking lot i can imagine people running off in fear especially like you know i i, I could see the scene where you're about to get in a physical confrontation with this person and i think like maybe even the person was was inebriated and 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 and, and drunk at the time and i think maybe they realized Right at that split second moment, and for for and unfortunately, I was a dumb youth in my uh, in my day, in my twenties. You know what I mean? And I got into fist fights. Some I lost, some I won. You know what I mean? But like yeah. this is this is moment where it's like split second where you realize it's about to go from like talking shit to each other, like you know what's up, bro? What's up, bro? You know, childish shit to like it's get something's gonna happen, and it's a scary moment. You know what I mean? I mean, even I think sometimes. Uh, I know at least with me when I was younger, there'd be times where I'm like, please, I don't want to cross that line, but I don't want to back down and I don't want to look like I am I'm weaker. Again, not a right way of doing things in life, obviously, but I was I was immature and childish at the time. But my point being is I think that that guy who shot you at that moment when he realized that it crossed that line and he saw the look in your eyes, you know what I mean? He realized he was in over his head. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. there. Yeah, because I think there's a moment where you're in a when you're in an argument, when you're in a physical confrontation, when you're when you're when you're talking to people in person, you can just see sometimes with an individual like when you cross that line, you know what I mean? And when and, when, and there's no coming back from it. Like I said, it can happen in conversations. I think he saw that and fear overtook him. And and, and obviously yeah. being drunk, he shot you. He probably had some Everyone fucking else there would have freaked out and ran to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, he probably shot you and realized what he did in fear and took off and drove. So 
here's where things are going to get interesting because at this moment when you, when that happens to you you I, I would almost say like i could picture you getting shot like in the stomach you know what i mean like like because it was just like how he reacted and how he shot you you know what i mean he probably didn't take time to aim it was probably out of fear and the worst thing is about the stomach getting shot in the stomach it's a slow painful death you know what i mean it's, it's just real like, painful yeah yeah real painful real agonizing at this time so i could picture like when that happens and your character's on the ground and he's like looking up, like at first he probably obviously look, is looking at his hands, look, like looking down at his hands and seeing like blood come out of it, this bullet hole in the stomach, kind of like, 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 you know, along with your heartbeat, it's like gushing out a little bit, a little bit and just kind of going down the sides of your t-shirt. You, you know, you see like this shirt you have absorbing it, but it's definitely like, you can even smell like the, the, the gunpowder residue and the slight little burn of your t-shirt that you had that the bullet, you know what I mean? Breeze through. You look, you're looking up at the stars too, eventually, because you're, you're become lightheaded because of the loss of blood and, and the pain is obviously about, go ahead. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? I just, he probably doesn't remember a whole lot of the details of everything right afterwards, just kind of just lost in the pain and like, you know, the shock. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh no, I'm dying. Uh, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Like that's, that's the only thing go through his head, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And so when that is happening, I'll say like you're looking up at the at the sky, you know what I mean? And this is in 1985, by the way, folks. So like everything that happened, happened to, to Lenny in the 70s or early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, you know what I mean? As as you're looking up at the sky, you see like like a shadow of a figure like stepping over you. You know what I mean? Like you're very like you're you're in pain and you're dying and you're starting to like get lightheaded. And then you see like a, a silhouette of a figure look over you. And you have no idea at this point what it is. You know, you're kind of like, I would say almost maybe you felt relieved for a second, thinking it might be like someone there to help you or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, something, Or maybe, you know, like I'm seeing the Grim Reaper or something like he's like, this shape signifies the end. Oh, yeah, that's deep, man. Hell yeah. So um, <laughs> this figure gently like like lifts you up. And, and he doesn't even speak to you. You know what I mean? Like, this is all blurred to you, like you said. You know what I'm saying? I could see him almost, like, lifting you up and not even, like, saying a word and, like, putting you in the, like, backseat of, of a vehicle, which is odd, obviously. You know what I mean? And um, you can almost, like, smell the upholstery in the car. And you're looking up at, you know what I mean? You can't see the stars anymore. And you see, like, the felt of the top of the car while you're laying the black, in the back seat. And uh, the, the you, you kind of, like, pass in and out of consciousness you know I me mean, while this drive is occurring and so i think this is a good point to take our first break and then when we jump back we will actually get into uh the embrace of lenny and his history of being a kindred so please stay tuned hello folks have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, 
and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. Welcome back, everyone. So now we're going to kind of go over into the embrace of Lenny into the Nosferatu clan. Woo! So um, one thing that I try to diverge from, I guess, in, in, in this game, at least when it comes to the Nosferatu, is kind of, and there's nothing wrong with people or, or, or the writers or anything who, who does this, because I understand there's a meaning behind it. But I want to kind of try to, like, break the, 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 the whole, you know, we dwell in the sewers, you know what I mean? And, 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 and we got computer networks in the sewers. So I was, I've tried to think of, like, an interesting angle to kind of go about that. And one thing that is rather interesting about the Twin Cities that they're known for is they have these tunnels and cave systems that were used during the Prohibition. And there's actually like this current modern day club in the Twin Cities. You can you can Google it online where people actually go and they like go explore these and take pictures of these. And it's rather really it's really awesome, you know, when you see that it's kind of like a exploration hobby that some people in the Twin Cities have. And I can always see those being utilized by the Nosferatu in the city in a way, along with other things which we'll get into in this section. So this car without you obviously knowing it because you're in the backseat, but what this car is doing that it's driving, it's driving down roads in the twin cities and it's going along um, the Missouri river. Uh, but yeah, like this car is driving steadily along and then and comes up and stops. It stops kind of like by like this city park area and this figure gets you out of the car. And again, you're, you have no idea where you're at because you're like going in and out of consciousness and this figure like gently lifts you out and starts walking along gra- this grass and, and, and this park. And you can kind of see like silhouettes of trees a little bit, you know what I mean? In the moonlight. And you can smell like the, the smell of like the river, like the algae, you know what I mean? That it has and stuff. And eventually you're brought into this, this, this cave system. And it feels like forever, like you keep going in and out, but you like, well, you're, you're being carried and walk and this figure's walking with you. You're look, you can look up and you can kind of start seeing some features of this figure. And it's a man who looks like he has Slavic features, kind of has like a higher cheekbones. He's really piercing blue eyes and kind of has like black, black, natural curly hair, you know, that's kind of cut shorter. You know what I mean? Not like an afro, obviously, because the guy's Caucasian, but like uh, just kind of cut shorter in a more presentable way. And he has this like very determined uh, look on his face. And you see like when he's looking down, occasionally he'll look down at you and you'll look up. And it's almost like when you when you look up, you're, you're, you're trying to read emotion off his face, but you don't see any emotion off there. He's a very like, you know what I mean? Like like stoic. Um, stoic yes. Very stoic look on his face can hear the moisture in the cave like occasionally like like little drops you know of it coming through like these tunnels it's walking through and eventually uh you come into this opening that's in this cave and there's some like like um electrical lanterns that are along the wall and almost like like they're, they're it's a circular like i want to say i don't want to use the term room but it's almost like a circular room that's in this labyrinth that's in this cave but there's these like minor you know those minor lights that they have where they can kind of like nail them into to the rock and they kind of like go around and they have like a couple electric lanterns that like hang from them to kind of like to, to give illumination and you're laid down upon this the, the floor of this cave and you hear an, an american accented voice coming from this figure he tells he you see him he like bites into his his wrist and at first you're like kind of taken aback you obviously can't be taken aback because you're 
dying you know what i mean but like in the small voice in the back of your head you're just confused confused yeah like like you, you the, the very little remnants of uh synapses that are going on in your brain you can be like this is you know what i mean confused and he and he takes a bite he, he like bites into his his wrist and he like lets it drop on your face and he says drink and he like forces your mouth open in a way gently you know what i mean to have the blood <laughs> yeah. drop in there and he's not embracing you here you know because anyone you know you know to embrace you have to be you know what i mean drained but it's almost like he's just giving you a little bit to keep you from dying before you know what i mean obviously what he's gonna do and it seems like you're uh you know you're laying there and you feel like this warmth for a little bit like 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 at first your lower body was starting to become numb you know what i mean and your legs are starting to become numb but you feel like this warmth like menthol feeling not saying you're obviously you're not completely healing it but you feel like it doesn't it feel like you're getting feeling back a little bit there you know what i mean but you're still going in and out of shock yeah I guess I'll, I'll ask you before I continue, like, like, would he be able to, like, form any kind of thoughts of what's going on at this moment? Or would he just kind of be, like, riding the wave? You know what I mean? And, like, just. I feel like he'd be more, um, at this point, just he's so, like, you know, he he's so caught up in, like, the unusual, like, circumstance of it all that, like, here, like, this is completely out of out of the norm for him you know obviously being shot and he's in some kind of dark cavern somewhere some strangers like putting blood in his mouth he's just so like confused and like in pain and everything that he has there's no really way he can say anything he's just kind of like uh, you know so one question before i continue um and you might not have an answer so so you don't need to answer if you don't is he welcoming death or does he want to live during all this I think he's afraid of it. Like fear would be filling him for the prospect of death. Now that he's had time to consider it instead of just like, oh shit, I'm dying. Oh shit. Oh shit. It's more like I'm a, I don't want to die. So it just, he's terrified of the idea of it. Mm, definitely. So you're laying there on the ground and you hear a voice coming and it's not the voice of the man who told you to drink. Right. And he hasn't spoken to you other than saying drink, you know, when he did that. But you hear this voice coming from, like, above your head, so you can't see. Like, you try to roll your eyes a little bit and kind of turn, but, you know, obviously, you know, you're incapable of at the time because of the pain. This voice sounds almost like, you see, it's warm. You hear this warm voice coming from above you. And like I said, you can't see because you're looking either way. And it sounds like a, a voice that, it, like, almost like you would hear in churches when, you, when your parents would make you go to, like, church in these small towns. Or you would hear almost from politicians at times, you know what I mean? I don't want to use the term cadence, you know what I mean? But it sounds very articulate. But it sounds very, like, like, like something that comforts people. It's comforting in a way. And <clears throat> you hear this voice. And he, and he says to, and you take it, he says it to the figure who is with you, you know, you hear him say, he's like, don't you find this to be rather rushed? And you hear the voice of the figure by you. You can even look up and he's, the figure's sitting. He's like, kind of like sitting with his knees up to his chest. You know what I mean? His arms draped over, like he's waiting for something. And you can see him because like you're laying there and you can see the figure and he's like looking towards the figure behind your head. And he's like, I get to have my choice. It's not my fault that I got permission and someone decided to steal that from me. I get to decide I got my choice. And then you hear the figure from above your head go, I do understand, Harold, but you have to, you have to be 
more selective, I would think. You took your time with the other one. And while I'll support you in any choice that you have, don't you think this is a little dramatic? I think the figure that brought you in, he looks and he's like, I don't think it's dramatic whatsoever. I've been watching him for a couple weeks. And if they can mold someone to join their ranks, I can mold someone to join our ranks. Don't I have that option too? He's like, well, of course you have that option. I was blessed in the fact that you came into our lives and I didn't have to do much with you. But this, 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 this is nothing but a child. He hasn't even experienced life yet. He's like, why, why don't you just drop him off at the hospital and leave him be? And he's like, it's too late now. I've gave him some of my vitae. And you hear a little like, like tisking sound coming from the figure above. He's like, you're so emotional at times. But I suppose that brings strength to, to our causes. It's like, so you're really determined on bringing this one over, that this has to be the one. You don't want to give it more time. You don't want to like keep eyes on him for a little longer. Maybe mold him from the side. No. No, I don't. I took my time with the other one, and they stole him from beneath my nose. I have the privilege. I have been given permission for what I've done for the city by Philip to bring someone over, and I want to bring him over. This really, really frankly, Elijah, this is the end of the discussion when it comes to me. Are you going to help me through this? It's like, yes, of course. I'll help you, and I'll be here for you, and we'll help guide this one into our ranks. And we'll spend. T- we'll be here to comfort him when he goes through the pain. I just want you to know that I hope you're not doing this out of anger. You're 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 not doing this out of some kind of feeling like you have to overcompensate. No, not at all. I'm bringing him in. I'm taking responsibility for him, and I'll I'll teach him our ways, and I'll make sure that he can contribute. It is your choice, and I support you. And I like what you told me. He seems to have passion like you. Uh, albeit misguided, I would say, and this, and and you don't see emotion, but he's motioning with his voice. You know what I mean? Gunshot wound. Uh, looks like you're rather kind of put into a corner then, right? Is that why you're doing this? He's like, of course. I don't want to see him die. I don't want to have a second one slip through my fingers and have to start from scratch again. It has to be done now. All right, Gerald, if you feel the need to, then would you like me to be here while you do it? He's like, it would bring, it bring much comfort if you could. I, this is the first time I've done this, and, and and frankly, if it was anything like when I was brought over, I I don't want to, I don't want to let this poor soul have to go through it, uh, just with one. While you were comforting to me, Elijah, I think having I mean, both of us here will help make it better for him. And as you like, as you're like, what the, you know what I mean? Your mind's trying to, like you said, you're confused. You know what I mean? You're trying to comprehend what's all being said. You hear footsteps and you like, like of this voice that's coming by your head. And you can kind of like the one figure who brought you in is on his knees to your right. You know what I mean? Looking above your head and you see that figure looking to your left, like that someone's walking around, you hear the footsteps. And as you're like, you're kind of trying to like look from the side of your head at like, who's coming walking over your, your uh, left shoulder. Uh, you see, um, you see like, like these like very pale white foot and you see these like white robes kind of like are by it. You know what I mean? And as you see the, 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 the figure comes more into your peripheral vision, you see like more of these white robes. And as you 
are starting to look up, you see like this, and it's hard for you to gauge height, you know, obviously with you being dizzy, with you going into shock, and you see his figure walk behind the kneeling figure, and he walks to your feet and turns and looks. And at this moment, I would almost say, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because it, it's obviously your character and you know his mindset, but this is the moment where you start, like, for a second, you're like, is this, like, death coming to take me? You know what I mean? You see this figure in these, like, like white, a white robe that, um, and for those of you, for, um, and we'll talk about this NBC more, but for those of you who don't know, the Church of Latter-day Saints, um, from my understanding, I'm not a member, but they, they some of them have these white robes that they wear during some of their practices or rituals. And that's what this is. And you see like these, the figure in reality is about seven feet tall and gaunt. I can't stress enough. And he has these long, like white hands, you know, with these long white fingers that go down. But it's the face that in a in an odd way is almost like horrific and and and, and oddly like angelic mixed together it has very long blonde hair that that like goes back and um but it has like this 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 sickly pale white face like like when and when i'm not talking about like low humanity sickly white pale i'm talking about albino and and, and has these eyes that are just pure crimson no irises no pupils you know what i mean and has this 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 like nose that is almost like non-existent but has these long two canine fangs that seem to go down, but you can see like the, the, the teeth under like translucent skin. That's what the skin's like. It's translucent, you know, at the moment. And the, and the chin kind of like drops down to like an unnatural like angle. And the, you can see like little, like um the veins that are under the skin that, that are full of vitae that seem to like, spread out almost like spider web across its cheeks and go down its veins you know what i mean into into his forehead and it brings horror for you a second because it almost looks like a um it almost looks like a, a like i said a, a monster but it has this comforting presence oddly and as you're looking up you're like you're, you look to this figure you, you go to look at the figure that brought you in who's on your knees and it's almost like a, 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 a slap to the last, like, grips of sanity that you're trying to hold on to during this whole process. You see um, this almost like a, I don't want to say a blob, but it's almost like a, 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 it doesn't even have a shape almost of the face that you saw. You see, like, it looks like, it looks like pale and, 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 and translucent skin like the figure at your feet has but it looks waterlogged. You know what I mean? It looks almost like, like slack where like half its face kind of looks like to have the normal skeletal structure of, 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 of a normal face. And it has like, and it has those crimson, mar crimson maroon eyes. And when I say crimson, I, I literally mean crimson. I don't mean like bright feral, you know what I mean? Red eyes. I literally not mean the, not the, the protean. Yeah, no, not at all. The thing. This is, color like blood yes blood filled exactly and you see like the 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 left half of its face is that of a normal man though not a normal man a translucent skin has the eye you know the the eyes and it absolutely has no hair on its head at all but the right side is like this like the whole it looks like it's had like the stroke of all strokes you know what i mean it's unnaturally like shifted down and like it's like just almost like lax and relaxed, and like the, some of uh, some of his bone structure is just missing. 
Yes, almost. Yeah, exactly. That's, you summed it up perfectly. Like you can see its eye, but like from there down, it's just like this loose, like almost like bone structures missing. You can see like it's right half of its lip completely like comes over to where you can't even see half its, you know, teeth. And it just kind of like, it like sags unnaturally like a flap from like a bulldog on the side of its neck. You know what I mean? And you, and you like, you can like see it's like the teeth on its like, right on its left side that's not slack or like grinding and it kind of like moves the flap on the right like this unnatural you know what i mean like it almost has little tremors across it and 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 it's just like staring down at you and you're like caught in this like like you really think it's almost like i I, what would your character think you tell me i don't want to assume what your character would think during this Uh, he's died and gone to hell that's what I was hoping to come across. Yeah, you know, like it's like, almost like he's, he's died and gone to hell, and this is his punishment. Exactly. Like that's what he's thinking. Like I'm dead, and <laughs> I've caught. That's like he does like doesn't know what else to think. You know, what else could it be? Yeah, exactly. And you have where this figure that's on your, um, on your uh that, that with the the slack face who's kneeling down next to you grabs your grabs your arm. And like pulls your your forearm and like comes down and you see like it takes its left hand and lifts up the flat the the flap of skin, you know what I mean? That is like blocking yep. the right part of his mouth and he just kind of like like bites into your wrist and you feel like the the skin like come over, you know, your forearm while it's done there and it's like and it's cold and you start feeling the pleasure of of being fed upon. But as you're feeling, as you're feeling like the waves of pleasure overcome you, you can feel like the flap move a little bit, like along with your heartbeat. Like every time it like takes a drink, you can feel like the flap. It's like a gentle like patting of a grandmother's hand on your on your forehand, arm to relax you. And it's this weird like mixture of pleasure and, and and like comfort that seems to be coming across. And you hear like this this this. He, at first, you're like, what am I hearing? And like, you're, you're like, you're, and then you, you're like, am I hearing like praying of some sort? And you kind of like hear it from the figure that is at your feet, and and, and you kind of realize that he's saying some kind of like prayer. You know what I mean towards you, and it's like you hear like the terms Lord and Savior. You know what I mean, but you're like can't focus in on anything. Lo- yeah, on anything because you're losing yourself to the the waves of pleasure. And, and at first it's like, Oh, the pain's gone. The pain's gone. And you have that, like this, 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 this sense of relief, I would say for a second as your eyes close. And then you start like falling in cadence with your, your heartbeat. And you hear like, just like, and you have like this last second of almost like fear come over you because you realize you're, you're dying. You know what I mean? You realize like all that shit that was. This is it. Yeah. This This is is it. Yeah. And you, and you, and you're like every heartbeat that like comes past your conscience, you try to grasp onto and you can't. And then all of a sudden you hit the final last one. Doom. And in your head, there's like an eternity. It seems like, and you're waiting for that last like heartbeat to come. And at this moment, like in that darkness where you're waiting for that last heartbeat, like out of the corner, almost like out of the corner of your third eye, you see like this warm brightness that starts to like creep up and you get it. You get the sense of like excitement for a second because you want to look towards it and you feel like you're about to look towards it and it's all going to be done. And when you start turning, you're like, like, like lack of a better term, your face towards this light, like all of a sudden you just get like 
this you hear this loud like clapping sound bam and you and you like eyes open up and you see these two figures looking at you and you have this sense of like like uh let me let me let me ask you what would your what sense would your character have almost if he was like about to see the light and go towards the light and then he opens up and he sees these two monsters that are 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 above him and and i'm going to continue on i just want to know like what's this would he be angry would he be like sad or would he be like do you get what i'm trying to come across here probably relieved he was afraid ah so okay even though he's looking at these two monsters he's relieved because he's like okay i'm not dead gotcha so as you open your eyes you see the figure again and he like drops you know you see him dropped his your arm there and 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 he's uh and he ha- you're, you're feeling this wetness hit your face that when you open up your eyes you see his forearm there the same one that you drank from before and you see like this crimson vitae and you see like like you feel it hitting your your, your nose or and your lips and, and and you're trying to like drink more of it and he's like drink drink and you and it's slobbery sound you're like drink drink and you, you have a hard time understanding him but you get the point of what he's trying to say. And as you're sitting there, you get this sense of like you feel the beast like crawling, crawling on the back. You don't know this feeling at the time, but you feel like like you want more of that source and you want to grab that wrist that's in front of you. And you actually reach out with one hand and you bring it down and you and you start like drinking more and you slide your uh you you slide your fangs into him and you feel a second where you feel like oh this is this is what i want you know what i mean this is more yeah 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 but but you feel like this hand like push your forehead down like rip your you know what i mean their their forearm from you and as you're like you have this moment where you're looking at these pure crimson eyes and you're looking up at him and he's looking at you and and you're like you're like about to get freak out and then all of a sudden your body is just like racked with this pain it's like that gunshot but worse but like, worse everywhere like, everywhere like literally everywhere and um pretty much it's like some of what happens is like over uh and we'll, we'll, we'll like kind of like delve into it more you know what i mean i just want to give a general summarization what happens like over a week you're like in this in this room like with your with your sire and with his sire you know what i mean and they're there comforting you through these changes because it takes about a week to happen you know what i mean like like they're slowly like you see where like they'll bring in um they'll bring in people and 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 you want to destroy and you want to kill these people but they're like teaching you you know what i mean like how to feed carefully you know what i mean and doing all that stuff and 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 we'll delve into this more but they're kind of like this is during the time where they're starting to slowly teach you like the traditions and all that stuff and and break down you know what i mean the general camarilla like laws while you're going through these changes, it's almost like this nurturing process. You know, they're there yeah, for you yeah. through your pain. Even like, like there may be times where there's nights where like the whole night you're just like, oh, like, you know, screaming and they're there like trying to like calm you. You know what I mean? And, and you find though, oddly, like your sire is helping, but you find like really like more of it's coming from this figure that you find out was your, your sire sire, you know, who, who, who was trying to help you out. I mean, he's done it before, so. Yeah, exactly. He's done it before, you know. So, um, but before we continue, do you want to do you want to explain what your character ended up like looking like once all these changes, yeah, went through and were done? Um, okay. So his appearance, um, he did inherit some of the traits from his sire and grandsire, um, where he has the unnaturally pale skin, um, and like the lack of hair, complete total lack of hair that his sire has. He has none of that. It just all kind of just falls out. Um, and he kind of has like the opaque 
eyes that like a dead per- dead body, but like with the blood filling up in them like theirs, you know, like this white like layer over them and just like filled with blood and just like it looks like they're dead. But he can see fine, but, you know, they look like just the eyes of like a bloated dead corpse. And his um his whole all his teeth turn into just fangs um and his skin has this like thin layer of like slime on it you know like real thin and he has the smell of uh like rancid water to him not not super strong but enough to where if you're close to him you might like you know <laughs> smells weird yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. and it got, and it kind of <laughs> lingers around him and uh and that's going to be exacerbated by his uh sleeping habits when whenever it comes up um and he in some little spots here and there, maybe like on his elbows, on like his back in some spots, and like on the back of his like wrists and knees and stuff, he gets like these like like scales, like little like almost like uh, uh like the scales from like a, a bass, like a fish, you know, like little bitty tiny, yeah, yeah, yeah. just a couple here and there, and he just kind of itches at them, and they come off, and they flake everywhere, and they're really gross looking. <laughs> it's like this really nasty skin condition of kind, some kind, like eczema. Like yeah, a fucked yeah. up eczema. Yeah, but yeah. it's like these weird fish, dead fishy scales, like that kind of give contribute to this odor, you know, of like rancid water. After this week, uh, yeah, after this week of like them just them explain the traditions, them doing the fear, you you start finding that like the pain is gone from you. You know what I mean? And you have where um, one night, like you notice these two individuals come in and speak to you and they look nothing like the two figures that were with you, but you know that that's them and you're having and out of character. We're explaining like you figuring out, you know what I mean? Disciplines and stuff like that, but they come in, you know, the figure of the person who brought you in looks the same and you realize his name is, um, let me give you the proper name. I know it's Gerald, but his last name is Foster. Gerald Foster, yeah. Look at you on it, dog on it. Gerald Foster. Hey, there is a section on the character sheet for Sire, so that's good. Gerald Gerald Foster, uh, and, and we're gonna explain after this part where like you kind of learn more of his backstory, you know, because this is 1985, obviously. Gerald Foster uh comes with you, and this other uh person named Elijah Benson uh comes with, but you see that he looks like what what he's wearing at this time, he's wearing like these uh like khaki pleated slacks you know and this is like fall time by the way in the twin cities at this when this is happening and he has like this this um very thick like white um wool sweater that kind of has like like almost is like a turtleneck you know in a way and he has his hair he has his hair like in a blonde hairstyle it's like kind of thick and wavy but it's not long but it's very cut like very um respectable like you know what i mean maybe even have slight little bit of sideburns looks to be maybe like 50 years old caucasian guy at the time you know has like these brown loafers and and you see him and you're like oh wow like this image like matches the voice that you heard like oftentimes when this figure would talk to you before it came across as like angelic but then when you hear it from this figure you're like it clicks you know what i mean like this this voice goes very very well with this with this figure they bring this like thick blanket out you know what i mean and they kind of like put or two thick blankets they put one like over your shoulders and they and you're still like literally wearing like the same clothes that you got shot in you know what i mean and they yeah, put like so they're blood soaked and yeah blood soaked and everything they put like this thick 
blanket uh, or like whatever kind of like over your over your head a little bit so your, your features won't be seen if you you know what i mean you step out and they're wa they walk you through like these tunnels and you're looking and you realize that like these are the tunnels that you're that 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 gerald brought you in and you kind of see like some blood trickle you know what i mean like on the floor uh uh from like these lanterns that like are occasionally along the this tunnel and you come out of this tunnel and you realize that you are along the 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 river of the uh the uh missouri river and and you see like like 10 feet away you kind of see like this like log you know this huge tree log that came off that's like dead uh what do they call that um dead i want to say deadwood but there's a specific term for it you know what i mean that's just kind of like washed up from the river driftwood that's w washed up and like you know is along the shore a little bit and you can look up and you see like where this entrance is you look up and you see like on top the entrance is where the park is at you know what i mean so like the park that you kind of like realized you're walking over and they kind of like went down this hill a little bit and then went along the shore and there's like this little cave entrance you know and you see like the 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 river is out there and you kind of walk up a little bit it's night and you kind of like notice the sky is really a lot more crisper now you know what i mean that you that you've been embraced and you kind of like see the stars more and you can kind of like smell the moisture on the of the of the river and you can kind of smell the the grass from the park and you guys kind of walk up a little bit and you sit on this bench that's in the park but it's like it has a perfect view you know what i mean of the missouri river and they're about to explain to you they sit there and they talk Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like uh, he's going to spend a lot of time on this park bench, like, like not just with them, but after in in the game and everything, he's going to spend a lot of time. Just this is his contemplation place now. That's what I figured. I actually had a future scene, like I was going to bring you to the story where like you're sitting on there talking to Gerald, you know, so because it was what we, yeah, we talked about that before, how you want to have an affinity to the river. So, um, but they sit there and they explain to you that they are about to take you to be presented and, and, and up to, to the prince, you know what I mean? And that, okay. um, and the way that I treat like people being presented to the priest of oh, the priest, oh, the prince too much sabbat, you know what I mean? Being presented <laughs> to the, the, the prince is, um, not like this grand affair where like everyone's Elysium and you got to go and like bend a knee and you know, like it's more like when someone's embraced, you're brought into the, you don't mean speak to the prince in one form or another. And it's usually very like informal and very like, can you name the traditions and you name the traditions like, all right, go have fun with your child and get out of here. You know what I mean? So the, you're actually put into this, uh, uh, uh Oldsmobile like car, you know what I mean? That, that draw drove in and it's kind of, you realize that you were laying in this car bleeding, but you don't see any of the blood anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's been cleaned out. You know what I'm saying? But you recognize, you're like, you especially look up and you see like the upholstery that's on the ceiling of the car, you know, and you can recognize it because you're staring at it for while you were in there. And, um, you know, like Ger Ger Gerald drives, Elijah's in the passenger seat and you go upon this, uh, Hawthorne country club. And, and, uh, I'm not going to get into the description with it, but you've watched the game and people watch it's where, at least seems usually held, uh, but you're kind of like brought in this back way. And it's kind of really odd feeling. You know what I mean? Because like, you're kind of, you look on the little clock that's on in the car, you know, and you see that's like 1230 and you assume obviously it's 1230 in the morning. Cause it's dark out, you know, and you're like, you drive around at the country club instead of going through the front and you kind of like, they park and you're like brought out and you see like one of them has a key to like where the, like the, obviously the, the cooking staff or where deliveries are brought through. And you're kind of like brought into this closed 
like like kitchen area of like almost like a restaurant you know what i mean you still got these blankets over you it's an odd feeling because you like have like the tile of the floor and like the illumination and you're like literally you still have the these bloody clothes under you know the these blanket but it feels very like it's just just i would say it's almost like confusing you know what he makes you probably dizzy a little bit you know like like just such a weird been in this dark cave all this time and now he's like outside in a country club yeah being through pushed like with a quote-unquote help through the back way you know what i mean and you're you're brought into this um you're brought into like this library and like you're just standing there you're literally standing there gerald's standing next to you he's in his obfuscated form you know what i mean elijah walks off Five minutes later, the, the the door opens and you see the prince coming in. And for those of you who don't know, the prince's name is like his name is Philip Brentwood. He kind of has um uh uh this weird two curly hair characters in a row. I just didn't really think, but he has like really short curly blonde hair. You know that's on top, but it's tapered on the sides and uh very charismatic. You know what I mean? Uh, a Caucasian guy about I'd say 180 pounds, maybe five foot eleven. Not really an imposing figure. You know what I mean? And yeah, not compared to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, not at all. And you and 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 you see like this figure next to him, and it's the seneschal uh, uh, that um, the the others have dealt with. You know that the 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 um, that uh, William actually had talked to before in the game, and um, his name is. And let me get his name because I might as well get it right here. So many damn characters. Brian Rogers. Oh God, a Brian. But uh, Brian Rogers. Oh man, come out of nowhere. Oh, I know they always creep up on you like ninjas, dude. And his figure Brian's. Yeah, and his figure Brian Rogers, who's wearing like khaki pants and like a a a, a gray polo shirt, kind of like has a middle uh, like a forty year old like like kind of dad bod figure, you know, kind of balder on top with with. Uh, short cropped hair on the sides, Caucasian guy. And long story short, they ask you to recite the traditions. You recite the traditions. It seems like they're like you know slapping each other in the back. And you're literally like standing there with Ger- Gerald next to you. You know what I mean? And like with these blankets wrapped around, and the other three, the the prince, the uh, the essential, and who you now know, Elijah is the primogen of your clan, and you're aware of what you're kind of getting the whole structure after these weeks. I'm, you obviously become more comfortable with it, and then like five minutes later, you're being rushed out again. You know what I mean? And you're um, and you're back in this car. So let's start talking about uh the thirty years or the uh or the twenty five years. You know what I mean? Until where you. Yeah. Uh, are caught up so first question um what's his like where's his haven gonna be like like what's what's the idea you have for his haven so he sleeps in the bed of the river he has he dragged an old refrigerator to the very like center of the river right and just kind of like He'll he'll undress, drop his clothes like under a blanket, set a rock on him or something nearby on the shore, and like right that right there where that bench overlooks, you know, and just goes down into the river and just closes himself up inside this in the water. I love that so much. That's such an interesting take on like a like a haven. You know what I mean? Just like perfect, like like yeah, yeah, exactly. It's awesome, and it's also who's like gonna, who's gonna mess with him down there? Yeah, and it's it's also like this, like also, um, like a an emotional tie to like, like when you first came out of that cave. You know what I mean? It's like a reminder constantly seeing that bench and sitting in that same bench, and it's it's a, um, 
well, it's, it leads me kind of to, I guess, another question. And I know this is kind of a vague question. It might be hard to answer, but like, what's his outlook on being embraced now? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like he had a, he had a certain view of life before yeah. because of the circumstances. Like, how does he look at being embraced now? He's, he's kind of been given a second chance, you know, he's still kind of dealing with like the issues and we'll get into that too. The issues that he's had to deal with, like in some of the actions he took, but um, he's, he's looking at it as like a second chance, you know, this is his opportunity to just do something. Even if that something is just helping these people who gave him that chance, you know, he kind of feels almost indebted to them in a way because his life was about to be snuffed out like that, you know, with no say so on his own behalf. And, and he was terrified of that. So now he has this opportunity to just do something else. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that that's how I figured that look he would have, you know what I mean? Like a fresh start. Um, so basically like what they do is they give you like a year or, or, or two years, you know what I mean? Of, on your own. I know that sounds really odd, you know what I mean? But again, for those of you who may have not have watched the other um, story arcs of Twin Cities by Night, I always I like to really emphasize the how kindred are secluded, like how they can be in a city for 25 years and not see another kindred if they choose. So you know what I mean? Some of the other characters in Twin Cities by Night have. That's not going to quite be the case with, with uh, Lenny because of his clan, and we're going to get more, you know what I mean, a little bit into that. But I would say like they give you like a couple years to kind of be like, you know the rules. You know what I mean. Uh, uh, you need to figure out your thing. So, what does Lenny do in these couple of years? He he tracks down Coach Olson. He gets it in his mind that he can get revenge. He can confront him and be like, "Look at me now, and look what the monster I am that you have made me into." Kind of thing, you know, like now I'm as ugly outside as you made me on the inside. Uh, definitely and he tracks him down and decided you know he's gonna get revenge and he just beats the shit out of him because he's strong he's really strong and and nosferatu are extra strong and just beat him unconscious and ghouled him and kind of just made him bound to his will just to just to have some kind of power over him that was like one of the first things he did yeah yeah definitely like i can all uh and we're gonna delve a little bit more i'm sure <laughs> you'll go into a little bit more what that leads to you know what i mean but like um yeah like that we're talking about ultimate revenge like you got this guy who, who emotionally physically preyed off you and now he's reliant on you emotionally and physically to to you know what i mean of his existence you know like yeah. supernaturally bent to, to 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 your will now but i'll let you continue go ahead yeah um he he lets the coach continue to do like his grooming thing to kind of help him with uh getting like a heart he can feed on so he prevents he or he, at least he thinks he's preventing he doesn't know exactly but he when he finds out anything else but he prevents him from preying on these boys himself and he feeds off of them you know, so he yeah, like, it's like puts the, his 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 twisted skills that he has that he's used all for all these years to a use that Lenny feels is like. This is a better use of your skill. Yeah, definitely. I, I can it, feed without hurting people. I'm sorry to interrupt. 
no no don't no, don't be sorry man it's a uh, um it's like this perfect ver- I, I i i was we, we talked about this offline because uh it's almost like comparable in in a, in a different way to like um uh uh valentine's ghoul who's like got a history of like you know what i mean being a kind of a killer and 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 towards women and like valentine like kind of waving the carrot around him but every time the guy tries to touch the carrot he like beats the shit out of him and punishes him you know what i mean and um like yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like, talk about a perfect way of hell. Like, you know what I mean? And it's almost like I would, uh, let me ask you this. Does, does Lenny have any kind of like, I mean, it's obvious that this guy with Vite and being kind of in tune with the beast, being around what he has taken advantage of for, for ages, you know what I mean? There's a risk that he could do something to these boys. You know what I mean? How and and Lenny's in Lenny's mind is he aware of that and he just doesn't I mean like doesn't look at the boys like he I mean he obviously can say like hey you touch those boys I'm gonna punish you kind of thing you know what I mean yeah and Lenny's mind is it like almost like he's disconnected from those boys and he and he he's willing to take that risk and doesn't you know do you, do you see what I'm trying to say here it's like there's a risk there you know what I mean Lenny's like leaving creating the situation to where one of these boys could be taken advantage of and he's just relying on like I'm gonna punish you if you touch them you know what I mean. Yeah. He's that's basically what it is. He's relying on that and like yeah. the threat of uh of maybe even death, you know, that this coach is gonna listen to him because if he doesn't, you know, he might be just killed. He's and and again there's the blood bond too. Mm-hmm. Oh one. yeah, yeah. So Which he's, is gonna, <laughs> it's going to make him an emotional wreck. You know what I mean? He's going to be pulled by like his fucked up instincts that he has. And then the, the beast and then your, his, his dedication to you. And um, now does, does in the back of Lenny's head, does he kind of like have a little voice that hopes that the, that the coach will fuck up one day so he can like kill the coach or beat the shit out of him? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he kind of does a little bit, yeah. Definitely yeah. has that kind of uh, uh, that kind of uh, deep dark hope that that would uh, that would happen that he can take you know take it out on him you know that he can just like give me an excuse just give it to me please exactly that's what I was trying exactly yeah like give me an excuse you know like because this is weird like like f- vampires are fucked dude and vampires do this type of shit you know what i mean like we can like there's multiple instances in the different games that we have you know what i mean where vampires are like like in their head rationalize i'm doing something good but really that little voice the beast in the back of their heads like give me an excuse you know what i mean like do it you know what i mean and like yeah so, yeah, yeah definitely so we can even say that like this coach you had him relocate to like a different school in the twin cities you know what i mean to where he's like grooming these boys over the 30 or the 25 years that you know what i mean until we catch up to modern day one thing i would like to point out too and i was going to point out in the game but kind of point out too is that like you notice with the introduction of your vitae into his system like he gives off even kind of like a, a a personality wise and a little bit appearance wise like a nastier vibe and that makes a little, you know, do you understand what I mean? Like, like in a way you're kind of doing justice too, because some kids feel uncomfortable around him now. Not so like his whole trick of being like, Hey, come over and I'll help you with your SATs or come over and I'll help you with this being charming. It doesn't work as much anymore. You know what I mean? Because of like, just the, this, the weird vibe, his, his skin's a lot more oily or whatever now, but also he just kind of gives this like creepy vibe to him that like, you know what I mean? Where girls are like, yeah, I'm covering my drink when he walks by kind of vibe. You know what I mean? That, that, 
And so in a way you're protecting kids by doing that. That makes sense. I don't know if I'm articulating that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he's not, um, he's, he doesn't have that natural charm. His appearance has dropped maybe from the long exposure just a little bit, you know, or something like that. Like his, his way of presenting himself isn't as like, it's changed him. Exactly. And so it's harder, but he's still able to do it to the way I want him to. Exactly. There you go. Amen. Perfect. So you have a ghoul in our, who cultivates a herd for you. So that's that's very <laughs> good. So um, after like the, the few years where you're kind of left on your own, you start getting like these regular contacts by uh, by your, your sire. And long story short, we're just going to kind of sum it up and we'll have you jump in if you, you know what I mean, and, and add anything if you want. But like basically you find out that you're sire in this in the um like the 50s and the 60s in the 50s during the cold war was like a a a soviet defector and and i'm not trying to like make this like he was like some you know what i mean kgb he worked for the soviet intel he defected he was under like witness protection program got moved in the middle of the twin cities of of minnesota because you know what i mean like it's kind of secluded in the middle of nowhere and kind of um drew the attention of Elijah Benson, um, the primogen and kind of like, uh, um, was, was embraced for those very skills that he was have to cult- cultivate information, cultivate, you know, people, you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of social engineering stuff like that, where, and then you also find out that Elijah himself at one point when his mortal life was, um, part of the migration of the church of Latter-day Saints from New York and then to when they went to Chicago and when they went to Chicago, um, uh, 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 I forgot the guy's name who started the church, but basically he was thinking about running for president. He got imprisoned and there was this like big push to get members of that church out of the Chicago area to where they went to what now Salt Lake city. What Elijah did during that time is he kind of like had a fallen out with the church at that time. And he was, his role during the church was as a negotiator with United States federal government, because there was a lot of issues going on with the federal government, with the church at that time. So he's a real personable uh, person, <laughs> like a personable uh, representative of the, of the church. And so he would go and like work with these people in Chicago and government officials. And he used that as an excuse to kind of like, unofficially break off from the church you know so he at that time went up to uh uh and what was the name fort uh i don't know it's off the top of my head it's in my notes but there's a fort that be, eventually became i want to say like saint anthony or something like that that eventually became the twin cities that eventually became minneapolis eventually became uh uh saint paul and he went up there uh, to be like represent to maybe, and he was telling the the leader of the Latter Day Saint Church that he was going to see if they could m- go up there instead of Salt Lake City. You know, they're trying to find areas where they could move and migrate to, and um, he ended up getting embraced there. You never really got the details, but you know, he's been in the city for a couple centuries. You know what I mean? And so that he was embraced there. Now, the Nosferatu in the Twin Cities, they're they're very they're not. And again, I don't want this to come across like I'm not trying to like like say one way of playing this game is better than the other way because there's so many awesome, wonderful ways you can take these these concepts and run them. But the Nosferatu and the Twin Cities aren't your sewer dwelling types. They they cultivate relationships with mortals. They cultivate relationships with, especially in the Twin Cities modern day, 
from the when you're embracing modern day with it having like the 50 of the top 100 fortune 500 companies cultivate uh, uh ways to exploit and to gather information from mortals who are are in these different industries that can then be used to help them get information from what they need and one thing that they are really good at is a elijah's a, a face of the clan he's good at fostering relationships you know what i mean fostering uh being political to to for lack of a better term while you and gerald are really good at gathering data and um you're almost like sent out as like a uh i, I hate to say, use the term like an investigator but to like uh from back from the shadows track observer uh, observer yeah exact exactly perfect observer you're not the you're not the creepy Nosferatu who's obfuscated in the corners like oh I'm spying on you you know what I mean you watch back from a distance you know what I mean and you take notes and you kind of like you learn from Gerald like the the art of like formulating conclusions you know what I mean and a hypothesis of what's going on you know you know and that's one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about is that uh, as he like there's a lot of skills that that the Nosferatu cultivate that he didn't really have to begin with but built them up after his embrace and was like okay you know it kind of he had that foundation of a couple of like maybe he had some stealth or whatever but it's really after his embrace that uh he uh really starts to shine with some of those things and being able to just kind of like you said uh using critical thinking on things and and just and using his wits to kind of figure things out and that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, because you gathered from you, you can tell from talking to Gerald about the conversation that was going on when you were brought over was the fact that Gerald had had someone in mind to embrace before you, you know, and you could tell like the first decade of working with him, like there was this weird tension between you and him it doesn't exist yeah. anymore. But at first, and you realize what it was that Gerald had had had, had gotten permission to bring someone over. And that you knew at this time in the Twin Cities, like selecting someone was important because they were backfilling in a way, filling filling the population back up from the the losses that happened in 1945 in the Sabat raid. You know what I mean? And by the way, Sabat's like you know the term, and you kind of like, but you're not like you know what I mean. Some expert on it. It just sounds like weird boogeyman tales. You know what I mean? It's hard for you to the fathom evil vampires. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard for you to fathom, you know what I mean? And and really, in all honesty, the only person of your clan uh, who was there was Elijah. Also, there's one other person in your clan, which I'll talk about after I'm going off on the tangent. And where was my tangent? I forgot what my tangent. Oh no, the 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 uh, the relationship between you and Elijah. You realize that he had picked this guy to embrace, but he didn't realize, and he kind of used it as a lesson learned for you. You know what I mean? That where he let his emotions get in his way, where he didn't realize this guy had been ghouled already from someone from another clan in the city from the Tremere. And, and that they, when they realized that Elijah had gotten permi permission to embrace him, the primogen of the Tremere saw that and then was forced to like embrace this ghoul of theirs. Cause they didn't want to lose an asset. You know what I mean? To the Nosferatu. And uh, by the way, that's Adam's character was Warren. You know what I mean? And so you um, were kind of like, in a way, he was spotting you for a second. You know, he was watching you for a couple of weeks, but he kind of, like, realized, in a way, he had an epiphany that, like, okay, he could try to do what Elijah did and, like, embrace someone who just happened to, like, luckily fall in his lap because, I mean, how many people in the Twin Cities have the skill set that, you know, Gerald has? Or he could take someone and kind of, like, who's younger, has a passion, and who would maybe, like, he can mold 
to, to, you know what I mean? To, to, to have the, teach the skill set rather than have someone, you know, cause a lot of times, even like in a professional industry of many different jobs, you know, oftentimes some companies or some people would rather hire someone that just doesn't have the, a hardcore background of experience. Cause they can teach them the way they want things to be done rather than hire someone who has like all this experience and who's set in their ways and can't change their ways. So he looked at you and, and it worked out. And after like the odd 10 years of like your relationship, not odd, but where the, you, it was definitely not like, this relationship that you saw Gerald and, and Elijah had, you eventually got that relationship because he eventually saw that like, yeah, his hypothesis worked and you were picking up on these things. Let me, Does let me pitch sense? something to you. Um, yeah, go ahead. So I feel this, this could tie into the, and the another part of the story of his, his background and the flaw that I, two of the flaws that I took. And cause you were saying it could be like a lesson, you know, Hey, don't give into your emotions, that kind of thing. And maybe there's, I could, there's this moment where they have a conversation about it and he has this realization that like, Hey, you know, he's right because, you know, I did this other thing that, uh, that I screwed up on and lost myself to my emotions. What was your flaw that that had that again? Wasn't the one where you had a dark past or something like that? Or you dark secret? Something? Yeah, <clears throat> dark secret. So, and you break? Yeah, yeah. Want, like, we can I go mean, into that. Yeah, let's go into that. What I'm talking about? Did you have any idea? I mean, we could say it happened probably in your first like two years. You know what I mean? Of where yeah. you were embraced. Like, what 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 idea did you have for that? Okay, well, there's two major events that uh, are somewhat linked, not quite. Um, I kind of want to go over them in chronological order. Um, so he, he has his ghoul and he's grooming these, you know, uh, kids, you know, young adults, 17 to maybe no older, maybe, you know, just to, to be his herd. Right. And his ghoul thought he could still get away with doing what he was doing and didn't know that Lenny would be asking them questions and inquiring about things and talking to, you know, not just these kids and seeing if like, does he do have these weird behaviors and does he do this and that kind of stuff and just kind of more integ integrating himself with them and didn't realize that Lenny would be doing this. And so he did abuse someone else. And the moment that, that like he realized that he, he kind of like, Okay, if that's what you're going to do, all right. And so he just – just he did, like, beat him unconscious, but he kind of, like it, – it was it was like one of those um, unexpected kind of things. Like he's just really calm and relaxed and just – and didn't offer any explanation at all, you know? Just kind of just wanted to punish him and make him wonder why. And then, and then afterwards, tell him why, you know, kind of thing. Where like he just beat him unconscious, and then after he woke up, then tells him, like, you know, do it again, and it gets worse. Well, like, would would he have almost like frenzied, at, beat the shit out of him, frenzied, and then like snap oh, out yeah. of it in a way? Oh yeah, yeah. He's um, he's he because part of what's making he has the short fuse flaw, so that makes it harder for him to deal with uh. uh things like that that like you know whenever the beast beast comes comes into factor he's it's harder for him to to rein that in than for most oh that's good that's gonna be interesting i'm gonna that's gonna be fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um that was the first major event um the second was um he found out that one of his herd was actually being like picked on and being bullied by from someone else right 
another because uh, again these kids are are athletes they're they're you know the coach is their coach and all that stuff and then so it was one of the other athletes who the coach was like not grooming for lenny but just you know watching his back and taking care of him he's like oh this guy is like real you know he's the real deal and all this stuff and this kid like was kind of a bully just like lenny kind of was for a while you know a little bit of a you know this this jock who just kind of like thought he was hot shit and everything and he he was picking on and hurting um and kind of just abusing one of lenny's herd for just being gay after he found out he was gay oh man all the the floodgates come open and he just like never relented on this kid you know to the point where he was like just breaking down and when lenny found out and when he opened up to him he again his beast got the better of him so he went and he found this kid and he just just killed him you know just beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him until he was dead and he he didn't really um he didn't really like know how to deal with his beast at then at right then you know he was he was struggling with this and that's when you know i would imagine this can tie into when he talked to his sire and everything and how he can kind of like try and find some solace he was really just stricken with remorse he didn't know what to do and the only person he opened up to was the one person that he opened up to as you know when he was younger to the coach and told him what he did you know and so he has this secret that you know this kid he killed he just dumps the body in one of the rivers and like lets nature do its part and just you know it was definitely just kid shows body shows up weeks later kind of thing it could be like a potential masquerade breach too you know what i mean because i could imagine like he probably frenzied and like probably like in some like a locker room you know what i mean and it just became like this bloody scene where like the coach had to like help you clean up you know what i'm saying the scene your sire probably doesn't know you know what i mean none of them know you know what i mean no no the and it's the one piece of leverage that coach Olson has over him. We can even say that he said some to the extent like, Hey, I love you, bro, but you scare me at times. So I have a videotape from like the security camera in here. You know what I mean? That I'm not going to tell you where it's at. You know what I mean? And, but if something was to happen to me and I was disappeared, he tries to do that sometimes coyly, I would say almost if you agree, like, you know what I mean? Like an insurance policy, like, like almost like a, I was thinking more along the lines that he just has like just just the fact that he knows and that he could talk to someone is enough to where he does it. He's not completely like they have this understanding kind of thing where like you don't cross the line. I don't cross the line, you know, kind of. okay. so I guess for him a little bit of leverage and self-assured like, okay, he probably won't kill me unless I really fuck up. Yeah, I can I can dig that. I can I can definitely dig that, man. So, yeah, that that's that's good. That's good. And we can say like um and and it and he did feel remorse for this. This was one of those things where like he didn't feel good about this at all. Yeah. Like he lost yeah. control and he killed someone who probably didn't deserve it at all. Like sure he was a jerk, but to die and he probably reminded you what was even worse is that he reminded you a lot about yourself beforehand, yeah. which even made it like you having to confront who you were at one point. You know what I mean? And and then the talking to his sire 
afterwards about you know um you gotta learn how to like control yourself and so this is where like he's why he's in the current state of mind like when the game starts where he's in he's still he's still struggling with it but he's learning and he's able to kind of like move on and he's trying to um gain control over his own um his own beast as it were you know what i mean like he's 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 still struggling with it but it's an active like thing for him yeah i can dig that definitely yeah i'm glad we sat down and knocked that out because i feel that that so will be a critical part of his um backstory definitely so one thing too is uh to add when it comes to npcs in the 70s there was a new Nosferatu who came from outside the city uh his name is richard carter i believe let me um I'm on the venture tab. I'm like, where is it? This guy. Uh, yeah, Richard Carter. He's a uh, he's a black dude from New York City, um, who who came to the Twin Cities. Uh, you kind of got wind, and and you and he he is like, he is part of the 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 the, the Nosferatu, lack of a better term, Twin Cities network. You know what I mean? But yeah. he is like he always is kind of like has a satellite relationship where like he's not part of the quote unquote family. They don't call themselves, you know, the family or whatever, but he's not part of the link, the, the line that, you know what I mean? That you came from Gerald and Gerald came from Elijah. Uh, but you know, that Elijah and Gerald, who's the whip of the Nosferatu, uh, basically maneuver to get Richard to be deputized. And he's part, you know what I mean? He's a deputy, uh, that serves under uh, uh, um, Ty Harper, who's the Bruja sheriff. Um, he, um, when he's obfuscated, he he basically looks like a African American guy. Had, wears like um, you know black t shirts, black jeans. Has like a leather jacket, leather cut. He has that hammerhead MC, you know what I mean? Patch that's on the back of his leather cut. Uh, has like a picked out afro, not a huge one, but you know what I mean. One that like is evenly circumferenced around his head. Um, very like kind of a witty guy you the the you kind of got wind from him that he was like a survivor of a sabbat embrace you know what i mean in new york city and fled but he doesn't know shit about them he's just one of the few you know what i mean who kind of like were able to get away before um you know before becoming really ingrained and um you find him to be humorous you know what i mean where like you're too sire your sire and his sire aren't really like you know what i mean humorous type people but I just wanted to inter- for, just to bring him up, so you know there's another Nosferatu in the city because I forgot to mention him um, earlier. So uh, what else was I going to say? Um, oh yeah, another thing. So during while doing this work to kind of like show, I guess that you know some of the events which occurred in the city. Uh, your sire had you follow. To the best of your abilities, again, we use the term follow. You know what I mean? It's not like you're always around him or whatever. But to try to track why uh, this group of neonates were tasked looking into these double murders that were the first arc. You know what I mean? So, like, I'd almost say, like, a couple times you kind of kept eye across the street or whatever on, like, Juno's restaurant. And you would see that they would meet there sometimes. You know what I mean? Or, and I would even, like, uh, and, and you can you can say yay or nay. You know what I mean? But I'd almost, like, have this, like... um like 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 a I, I think i mentioned to you offline like a idea of like you kind of like realizing they were going to that house that was at the end of the the first story arc but not realizing it till later or not getting there till later and seeing like all the dead bodies that were yeah. like in front of the that, that had died in the snow in the front and be like you know what i mean obviously like, being like what the, what the fuck? fuck yeah what the fuck 
and then realizing that someone was covering it up, you know what I mean? Like, like, and, and you don't know who, you know what I mean? But just kind of like made you pay more attention to the quarterly to where like in the second arc, you were kind of like figured out in a way you're, you're figuring out that, that something was happening to the quarterly. Like someone was like messing with them, you know, you maybe even kept eyes on that Medusa nightclub, whatever that Jonathan had, you know, and I would even can, could even picture you like being in the parking lot of that mental hospital where the last scene takes place and seeing like Katow when he failed his Rosherek role, like bursting through the window and falling, like, you know what I mean? in the parking lot, like three stories up and being like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? And seeing him leave. But what do you think about that? Yeah, that's fine. Um, the, uh, a lot of the way he, uh, he could accomplish a lot of that is cause I do, I did bring obfuscate up enough to get like mask of a thousand faces. And he tends to just wear like, you know, blue jeans, dirty boots, a, a hoodie and jacket and that kind of thing. And he could just pass off as like a homeless guy most of the time, you know, he doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't dress up or anything. So like he could be just observing as like some, just, you know, someone, the type of person that most people just kind of their eyes glaze over. They see, you know, average person walking down the road, you know, just nondescript, not standing out in any kind of way. And so that's that's kind of what he would be in those scenarios where he would just be like, uh, just that dude over there. Definitely, definitely. I like that. So awesome. So uh, anything to add before we go uh, take our first break, our second break and go on to the next section? No. I'm, I'm looking over the uh, I'm looking over the email and like the backstory. Yeah. I want to make sure like we covered. I think we've covered uh, all the stuff amount. that I sent you, and uh, yeah, we're good to go. All right, so stay tuned. When we come back to our next break, we're going to talk about how Lenny kind of gets pulled into the story, and then he's going to uh, Andrew's going to read over Lenny's character sheet so you can kind of see where things are spread out. So stay tuned. High level games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please. Help. They're coming. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. All right. So we're going to talk about now how Lenny is brought into the the quarry. Basically, kind of what happens is that you are told by Elijah. And, and by the way, where you're going to get pulled in is like uh, uh, a week after like the, 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 the disappearance or the death of Juno. You know what I mean? Of Ophelia. And um, basically, you're like a week after that happens. Uh, Elijah tells you that he has received an email from Onasferatu from outside the city, who wants to to, to become, uh, uh, lack of a better term, a citizen, a denzine of the Twin Cities. Which you realize in your last twenty five years that like the whole, like there's this unforeseen. I hate to use the term battle because it's not like really a battle, but of the clans trying to get more of an influence in the city. And it's like this weird ebb and flow, especially with like the population being rebuilt after politics. Yeah. Politics. And you kind of see where it can kind of go from 
like zero to somewhere like you know like the Melkavian clan went from one to like now they are four you know what i mean and and you you kind of see like and where the gangrel went from like four to now being two you know what i'm saying so what you're told by elijah is that this nosferatu not only is he valuable because a the numbers that it can raise the clan and he's gotten permission to bring him over b his 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 background with ophelia juno being the fact that he emailed Elijah saying, Hey, I want to come to this city and that um and that I'm coming here because I'm want to look into her death. You know, I want to find out what happened to her and what killed her, which to to Elijah and, and especially Gerald is an opportunity for you to get a little bit more embedded, you know what I mean? To find out what's going on and kind of play the role of uh liaison of sorts, you know what I mean, like a guide for this new Nosferatu, but also to be like embedded to get more information that you can but the one the one issue they're telling you is that the fact that what is considered taboo in the camarilla is that this 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 nosferatu was embraced as a child you know what i mean and so like you're kind of like expected um and they're not like you know you are cast to babysit you know what i mean but you're kind of like expected because this is the first time that this nosferatu has been in a city that's dealt with Camarilla, you know what I mean? Rules. It's been taught the traditions by Ophelia. Because what happened out of character is Ophelia, after the first story arc, was so shook, she went to this town and just kind of like vacation there and, and came across this little Nosferatu, you know? And she had email correspondences and was telling it about different stuff that was going on. And at the end of the yeah. second story arc, the star, the Melkavian who diablerized um, Ophelia, sent an email to this Nosferatu saying, hey, I think the, Dun you know, Dunstern is, is, you know what I mean? Starting to mess with me, help me, and all this shit, and then that's what... That's what brings him in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the character creation session. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, so you're kind of just going to be like tasked to work with them, but, you know, and kind of find out the information that you can, and, and kind of like, they don't, they you know, you're good at it. You're good at being like the, kind of like the um, silent I, observer. I silent observer fly on the wall type stuff you know what i mean and yeah and um and, and i would say i've known that if i'm in a situation where i have to defend myself they're pretty positive i'll get out fine yeah now one thing to ask before we go into your character sheet i'm just curious what's your character's reaction after kind of being secluded or, or dealing with like you know what i mean the two your sire and his sire what's your reaction not only a being like kind of put more socially you know what I mean? In a situation with other kindred, but B, kind of like in a way, you're going to be working with a couple of the members because we're going to talk about what happened to Jonathan Chase in the story, but like a couple of members that you've been watching, like you were kind of spying on, you know what I mean? William and Katal for a little bit. Like, what's your character thinking about that situation? He's, um, he doesn't really care to get to know them personally. Like, he's not going to be their friend, you know? If a friendship forms, that'll be to his surprise. He's not in it to, you know, buddy-buddy, you know? It's just, you're another, you know, person that I just have to keep tabs on. So, like, if they want him to get closer to them, it's not, it's it's more, um, like Social you said, they're silent. Yeah. Yeah, he he's yeah. not um he's not you know a master social engineer not not even close he's just gonna be there you know and be observant and just kind of like doing exactly what he's supposed to do watch and report. Gotcha, nice, nice. So I'm excited for that. That's gonna be fun. <clears throat> Woo 
we're gonna have like I, I'm excited as a storyteller because having two Nosferatu and the story is gonna open up like all these you know what I mean new doors and avenues that haven't been opened before so that's great and um, speaking of that other Nosferatu I feel like uh his his reaction to like this kid will be a little bit like uh almost revulsion but not because he's a Nosferatu obviously like that doesn't bother him anymore at this point he's like okay that's a thing but it'll be revulsion because he has this um this other flaw prey exclusion against children and just the idea that someone could do that to a child just kind of makes him sick yeah yeah and also not only that but this kid has anger issues so it's like you know what i mean he's like uh which is understandable Oh yeah, yeah. Which is understandable. The kid's not like a. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see because I think that this is going to be the first time that uh, a lot of the characters, um, uh, but uh, are going to see like truly some dark corners where you know what I mean. Like kindred are capable of going around. You know what I mean with this Nosferatu. Now, it's not going to be any kind of like Coyote or Sabat shit. You know what I mean, obviously. But like not, not him, that, to that degree, yeah. yeah. Not to that degree, but definitely, like, this is a kid who's been a product of his environment, you know what I mean? And it's going to be interesting to to see that. I'm, I'm so excited for this next arc. So excited for it. It's going to be dope. So, uh, all right. So we are going to go now to where you're going to kind of, like, uh, talk about your character sheet. I mean, it's it's you can just talk about what you want to talk about and just kind of, like, the, what we're going to do here so the people who are watching can understand, like, you know what I mean? And for those of you who may be wondering, like, oh, why does he have so many dots? Well, it's because I gave him and Adam... Uh, the same and and even Alex when he did another character the same amount of XP that the players earned in the first two story arcs because I mean a it just makes sense story wise and I want to show like these characters in their 25 years of being kindred have kind of you know what I mean uh, experienced the same you know what I mean just whatever make it even more balanced so go ahead uh, the floor is yours there Andrew okay I'm um, I'm not gonna go over like the details of like uh, how I spent the freebies and xp i'll just kind of talk about what's on the sheet that's cool with you because uh, i gave you the breakdown already yeah sounds good yeah you don't have to go over the breakdown just yeah just read it off that's what we did with adam too so okay so yeah he's um let's see nature and demeanor let's start with that uh i i gave him the nature of penitent and the demeanor of bravo and i imagine like that is a thing that kind of reversed whenever he was embraced. So before he was like this tough bully as his nature, this, that's just kind of who he was then and um, would uh, push his agenda through, you know, intimidation, that kind of thing. But after the embrace, it kind of, it kind of reversed where instead of um, using it as a mask, like he really did want to try and make up for some of his behavior, you know, and that's why his nature is penitent. And so he's uh he kind of has like that like I said, that remorse um for past actions. As far as dots, um I did like primary and physical. He's got five dots of strength, uh iron grip. Uh there's specialties for attributes, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's specialties for attributes. Yeah. Four dots. If you have four dots, you have a specialty. And yeah, then he's got five in strength. With Iron Grip. Um, dexterity and Stamina, both at three. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Mental was next. So he's got uh, four in Wits, one Intelligence, and three Perception. So he wasn't, you know, super, super smart. Just um, more cunning than maybe anything. That's why, 
maybe that's why Gerald wanted to brace you over because he knew that with your low intelligence, you could be uh, molded to, you know what I mean? To have other mental, you know what I mean? Like you're more, you're more like clay that he can mold to be like a better yeah. tool. You know? um, and then social is last. He has three manipulation, zero appearance, obviously, because that's fraught too. And uh, two in charisma. Um, and let's see, I don't remember exactly how I broke down the abilities, but. Uh, don't worry about it. Just, yeah, just yeah. read them off. It's no worries. Okay. Uh, two alertness. Five in athletics uh, with a specialty in swimming, which he picked up, uh, you know, swimming down into the bottom of the river every single, you know, morning. Like, Yeah. And has a strong current, too, so that'd make you pretty skilled at it, definitely. Yeah. I mean, which it, he's, he's skilled at it, and he's very strong, so it's not hard for him to do. Um, uh, three in brawl and two in dodge, and that's because of being in hockey, you know? He, uh, he, he wasn't, you know, he's not like a martial artist or anything. He just, he knows how to, he knows how to fight. He knows how to push people around and punch, grab. Pull a shirt kind of over heads. Yeah. <laughs> Pull a shirt yeah. over heads. Yeah. Uh, two in intimidation from, you know, his time is like high school jock kind of bullyish kind of figure. Uh, two streetwise and two subterfuge, which are things I think I put in dots after either with freebies. Yeah, or don't worry about it. Yeah, he didn't yeah, have... He didn't have that to start. Uh, two dots in Animal Kin, three in Performance, Security, three as well. Those are also things that he picked up as a kindred after the fact. It's not something he was good at to begin with. He learned how to pick locks and stuff like that just to kind of sneak in back doors and that kind of thing. Um, he's got four in Stealth with Silent Movements as his specialty uh, and two in Survival. And his weakest, by far, is Knowledges. One dot in Academics, one dot in Computer, one dot in Investigation, one dot in Medicine, one dot in Science. Now, when he was in college, he didn't know what he wanted to do. He kind of bounced around and trying to, oh, maybe I'll change my major to this, and maybe I'll do this. And he just didn't know where he was going with his life at all. So, like, he kind of learned a little bit about everything, but didn't really learn a lot, you know? Definitely. Um... Backgrounds, he's got three dots in generation, so he's 10th generation. Uh, two dots in herd for his uh, herd that his uh, ghoul um, maintains for him. A dot in retainers and two dots in contacts, which uh, I figure we can establish in some way in the story, however you want. Yeah, we'll figure it out in the story, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as disciplines go, he has a dot of animalism, uh, three dots in obfuscate, three dots in potence. And one dot of uh, aspects. I like that, like the heightened senses. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a good one to have. Y yeah, you know, Nosferatu kind of slinking around the shadows and the darkness and everything, having the ability to, you know, supernaturally perceive your surroundings. I figured that'd be nice. Yep. And it would be kind of weird to get like the glowing red eyes of uh, what you call it, um, Protean. I yeah, I, I didn't want to do that, so that's why I went for aspects instead. It just made more sense to me, just having like, because like if he's swimming down to the bottom of the uh, of the river, you know, what if what if he just kind of feels like major disturbances in the current, you know, if like like a boat going overhead through feel, you know, through yeah, the, oh yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. Kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 swimming exactly. underwater like this creepy like. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't be too rough on yourself. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, the whole point was me. I was making a character that I thought would be like horrifying. Like, yeah. just like in appearance and like who he is. Um, so his virtues, he's got uh, two dots of conscience, uh, three dots self-control, and five in courage. So he, um, I'm going to mark out instinct convention. Those are on the sheet. He, um, being, being the way he was and everything, um, he was very, you know, just like, like with that whole scene with, with, with him getting shot, he, he was courageous and brave and was like, I'm not going to get shot. Nothing can happen to me. So that's why I kind of went with that as being like his maximum. Um, he has a uh, five humanity and five willpower. And then I guess the last things are merits and flaws, which we've talked about all three of the flaws. Just got three flaws, short fuse, prey exclusion and dark secret. All right, man. Holy cow. We got the final character creation session done for the next arc of twin seas by night. Final prelude done. That is awesome. Holy you know what? Cow. One mm. thing I didn't talk about on his appearance. Uh, we kind of talked about like his, uh, uh, like physical features, but not like he's six foot three, two hundred pounds, broad chested, barrel chested, muscular kind of dude. Like he was athletic and built for um, enforcement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like that's what he was as a ho- he was a hockey player and he was just aggressive and physical. So and that he still has that. Awesome, awesome stuff. Sweet. So I think that's that's it. I think we have officially done with the character creation session. I felt that was very productive, and I think we have your character fleshed out. Oh, I'm so excited. So uh, um, do you have anything to add before we, we go? I just – I can't wait for the day I just punch somebody in the face with eight <laughs> fucking strength. You're like, Roman Dunstern, come here. And I'm just playing. Yeah, yeah. So – um all right everyone thank you for watching uh if you uh yeah this thanks for checking us out again and uh this is the officially the final prelude before uh the 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 first session of twin cities by night dread so uh thanks again and we will see you next time that we see you guys goodbye Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city?
Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the duets tag to find out more. world of darkness do you want to introduce your friends to it but there's one problem nobody reads books anymore this presents you with a problem doesn't it you want to get your friends into these awesome games but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them well that's where brett the hitman comes in Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style. Flair. Humor. <laughs> and of course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies. <laughs> Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now. If only for the dank memes. Tune in today!